Welcome to Group Thinkers, uh, the podcast from RKD Group. Uh, on each and every episode of Group Thinkers, uh, Ronnie and I sit down with someone from the nonprofit marketing space who is innovating. They're thinking about things differently. They're doing things differently. And uh, on today's episode, we have Jennifer Powell, the Director of Development for Central Pennsylvania Food Bank. Yeah, so Jennifer started her career managing cookie production and sales at, at the Girl Scouts in, in Pennsylvania and one county in Maryland. Uh, I mean, no small endeavor, you know, handling that massive amount of logistics involved in that. Um, so then she spent 11 years as executive director at Claire House, a shelter for homeless women and children before moving to, uh, over to central Pennsylvania food bank, where she's been since 2014. Uh, she also serves on feeding America's equity, diversity, and inclusion committee. Um, uh, just, just a, a wealth of experience. I mean, you mentioned the Girl Scout thing and I know we talk about it, but a $4 million budget tied to cookie production. It's a lot of cookies. It's a lot of cookies, right? Um, so here's the thing. Here's what's interesting uh, about this episode. Uh, a couple of things that stood out to, to me, Ronnie. Uh, one is Jennifer's going to talk about her experience with uh, someone who's been instrumental uh, as a mentor in her career. And um, I was taken aback by as Jennifer's talking about this person, she, she mentioned this line that it was just the type of person that, um, that I wanted to do good by. That basically this mentor not only modeled uh, things for Jennifer, but also inspired Jennifer in a way that she wanted to work harder and, uh, and be successful for that mentor. And that's such a unique, like such a unique perspective, that idea of, of in, uh, being inspired uh, or inspiring others and then the way that they receive it. Um, and then the second thing uh, that, that really stands out to me is how that idea actually connects through. I was processing uh, everything that you're going to hear Jennifer talk about in her work uh, with Feeding America and uh, other places on equity, diversity, and inclusion. And I think that her passion in that area can serve as inspiration so that others want to do something and do well by uh, folks like Jennifer. It's really, it's really just kind of interesting, the through line that, that I heard, Ronnie, as uh, she was talking through this. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything else to add there, so... Here's our chat with Jennifer Powell and Group Thinkers. We were just talking about the uh, the vibe and uh, and just vibes, mm -hmm. you know, the idea of vibes. I saw something recently that uh, it was a a meme and a series of uh, a post around it uh, that was kind of weighing whether or not the idiom the phrase good vibes only uh is actually a healthy perspective no room for the rest right that's is that fair i mean but so like the if you're going to take the argument of it's an unhealthy perspective it's toxic positivity like you're you're 
only focused on the good and therefore ignoring the bad, uh, which I don't think is the intent, right? Yeah, right. I don't know. Jennifer, what do you think? Good vibes only. Are you are you pro or con good vibes only? I, you know, I think sort of in uh, the uh, the perspective of like, we don't want to, you know, have negativity or really try to look at the positive. But um, I do believe that it's not a really healthy uh, aspiration. I think life is 50-50. You're never going to have fully all good vibes. And so I think if that's the, you know, expectation, you're setting yourself up not to meet that. Um, so not saying fail, but not to meet. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's it's a healthy balance. You know, we've got to have the good and we've also got to have some of the not so good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I think that that's fair. I think that that's fair. Uh, you, you can't have, you can't distinguish sometimes the good if you don't have the not good, right? You've got to have the yin and the yang, the dark and the light. All Everything of, would all be similar it. if there were no bad and good, right? All the, if it was all good, it would just be the baseline. Can you, like how terrible would a movie be if you didn't have any, any antagonists? <laughs> no conflict. <laughs> no conflict. That wouldn't, that wouldn't be interesting at all. Be like a kid's TV show, basically. <laughs> yeah yeah I think even some tv shows have some antagonists but yeah, yeah. Make, right for sure yeah. 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 This, uh, this episode is now spun into an editorial on caillou and uh and so we don't we don't have fully time for that because we want to that'd be a whole episode wanna, uh make good use of our time with jennifer powell director of development from central pennsylvania food bank jennifer Welcome to Group Thinkers, and thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of this chat today. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. And I think, you know, there's yin and yang in Jennifer Powell. There's good in all of us. So I think it is a perfect way to kind of dovetail into our, our chat today. It is. It is. Uh, well, and, and so, yeah, so we're going to explore all of it. Right? We're going to look at, uh, we want to look at your path and your career and your mindset from multiple different angles, um, Jennifer. And, and I, I kind of want to just start with your your path to Central Pennsylvania Food Bank. How, uh, like, talk us through that. Give us a, a couple of the highlights of of your story to today. Sure. So I, I think it's you know it's a, a story for sure. Uh, I started off. Uh, I think my first real job was with the uh, Girl Scouts, uh, the Penn Laurel Girl Scout Council here in Pennsylvania. It actually serves counties both here and then there was one county in uh, Maryland as well. And I, my title there was Director of Product Sales and Special Events, but really I was the Cookie Lady. Uh, I was um, responsible for selecting the product, the baker, because there's not just one baker that makes these cookies. There are, you know, several competitive bakers that want business, but um, uh, was responsible for pretty much soup to nuts, the entire uh, sale, including training of volunteers, uh, delivering, um, which there was a big benefit because I had access to those yummy creations all year round. Uh, not super good for the figure, but uh, definitely uh, a great snack uh, on those afternoons where you're like, I need some sugar. Give me a cookie. Right. <laughs> but anyway, that was really my first introduction into fundraising. 
uh, along with the, the cookie sale, I was also responsible for uh, the gala event, uh, golf tournament. So did all of the special events. And um, it was really my, um, I think, trial by, by fire. And I didn't have experience. And so it was just really trying to learn and absorb and sponge from other greater people who knew much more about uh, fundraising as well as Girl Scouting. Um, but it was really just an opportunity to, to jump in. I then transitioned. Uh, this was about 45 minutes away from my where I, I live. And so I started thinking that I wanted to look at something a little bit closer to home, not have to do that commute each day. And uh, I took a position as the executive director of a homeless shelter for women and children. And uh, that definitely was a very different experience. Um, I was officially the executive director, uh, but I also did uh, all of the grant writing, fundraising, marketing, communications, plumbing, uh, yard mowing, uh, <laughs> you know, donation organizing. Uh, it was a very uh, small staff and it was 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And um, we uh, we had a lot going on. Uh, we had a lot going on there. We had uh, moms and kids in one of the, the houses and then single women in the other houses. So um, it was a lot of different stories came out of, of my time there. Uh, but I, I then decided I wanted to switch gears and focus just solely on fundraising and uh, discovered that the Central Pennsylvania Food Bank was looking to hire their first director of development. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just thought that would be the most awesome experience to be able to really kind of like just build uh, the department. And uh, it was operating solely on direct marketing, direct mail, and wanted to shift to relationships fundraising and being uh, much more uh, donor centric at the time. And so, you know, kind of the rest is history. Uh, almost nine years later now, I, I've been there. Wow, that's a that's an impressive journey, Jennifer. Um, I want to jump back a little bit because when you started talking about Girl Scouts, like I want to underscore for, for the listeners just like what a massive undertaking that is. And like, I mean, that's a that's an entire industry of the cookie sales and like oh, tell us a little about like what was the what was it like you know going through that and the undertaking of like just the sheer weight of all that it involves putting those cookies out and getting the sales lined up and everything what did you what did you kind of learn from that i guess yeah ryan that's a really great question because i don't think that i really even knew what i was getting myself into you know, like, yeah, girl scout cookies i was a girl scout and I've got a, you know, a great story about my Girl Scout journey, which I thought would prepare me for uh, managing the sale, which was a $4 million sale. Um, and this was back in like 2000, the year 2000, the year 2002. So, you know, a lot more now. Um, but it was, again, six counties in Pennsylvania and, and a, a seventh in Maryland. Uh, I don't recall the sheer number of uh, troops and Girl Scouts that we worked with, but it was in the hundreds of thousands. And the amount of cookies was in the millions. Like there were millions of cookies, hundreds of thousands of boxes. It actually, we uh, rented a like big storage unit to, to house everything. It got delivered there. And then it was days of sorting. 
and sorting by truth, sorting by location, and then getting them all delivered out. And I mean, I didn't really realize the logistical nightmare that could be caused if you made a, a like a small little mistake. And let me tell you, there were many more large mistakes uh, along with the small ones that were made. But it was just really an opportunity to to work in an organization that is truly volunteer driven uh, because it was the troop leaders and the troops and the actual Girl Scouts that that did the work to then get them out to the community, make the sales, doing all of that. Um, but it, it really kind of just threw me right into uh, that sort of uh, fundraise for product type of a, of a industry. And it really just got me excited about the opportunity of how, you know, when you get groups working together and just the power of, of that, that relationship and that community, and then all the good that it does and brings back into the organization, which then goes back out into the community. So uh, it really is kind of this full circle, but yeah, the magnitude of tractor trailers and again, selecting bakers and coming in and bringing products. I'm like, what the heck? It's, it's a tree foil. Oh no, it's not called a tree foil at this baker. That is a copywritten name. Like, ah! You know, so it was just all the insides and the back end of what it what it means to uh, to sell these uh, these items. There's, yeah, there's so much more than the table. So much more than a cookie booth, for sure. For yeah. sure. <laughs> it's fascinating. You know, you, you, I'm just reflecting on it as, as you piece that together between those three organizations, mm -hmm. you go from galvanizing hundreds of thousands of people around an event to wearing dozens of hats, like you mentioned at, uh, at Clare House, the shelter for homeless women and children, to then Central Pennsylvania Food Bank, where you're um, you're kind of combining the two because you look. We know that if you're in development, you wear lots of hats. Like that's a reality for development, uh, and you're also galvanizing lots of people, volunteers, donors, those sorts of things. Um, my guess is that along the way, you have had um, some good days and some bad days, some yin and some yang. And so I'm curious, who have been the people in your path uh, that have helped shape you or helped you through those bad days? That is that is an excellent question. So, and I, I really like the way that you, you know, blended those two and, and Central Pennsylvania Food Bank we are looking at 27 counties in central Pennsylvania. So pretty much the entire middle uh, part of the state. And um, our executive director says it's it's twice the size of the state of New Jersey. And that's just the territory that we cover. Um, so literally all the way up to the New York border down to the Maryland border. Um, and so it's a pretty uh, diverse uh, area um, and it is a pretty large area. But I will say uh, throughout my journey, there have been several people that have really um, impacted me and shaped me as a leader. And I think, you know, the first one was actually my direct supervisor at the Girl Scouts. And uh, she, she was just a, a very humble servant leader. And uh, I... I'm not generally the one that is the quiet, you know, shrinking daisy in the corner. Um, she was like this quiet strength to my, you know, the yin to my yang, again, to my more like extroverted, loud, like hey, here, kind of uh, uh, 
sort of attitude, but uh, she was she was very much uh, interested in my professional development. And I think she saw something in me and invested in that from training to promotion to literally, you know, the confidence in my abilities for giving me this task of managing this multi-million dollar, uh, one of the largest line items in the budget. And I was, you know, I was in my mid twenties. I and I do believe I may have oversold myself in the interview, uh, but uh, needless to say, that really um, she gave, she just gave you the the um, the feeling that you wanted to work hard for her and you wanted to uh, to please her, but it was in a way that was supportive and encouraging. And I, I remember uh, when I first started, I was the special events coordinator, but every other person in the department was director of. And that title was something so important to me at the time. I just felt like, you know, I would be taken much more seriously and, you know, I'm working just as hard and I, I really want to be a director. And I, I worked myself all up on how I was going to sort of sell her on, you know, changing my title. And she, she came in and she said, is that it? Oh gosh, no. Hey, sure. It was, it was something that was just not even um, a, a big deal to her. And it was, if this is something that will make you feel more confident and, you know, of course, you know, you can't just do that all the time, but it, it, it wasn't a big deal. So I would say she really was uh, someone that, that really impacted me uh, by way of being a servant leader and a teammate and uh, just really my ultimate supporter. So that, that I reflect back on her and I've had many other mentors, but we, you know, we've only got a certain amount of time, but, uh, but I would say my uh, direct supervisor, Rosalind Ward at the, the Girl Scouts has to be someone who just sticks out so, so brightly in my past. That's always uh, just so great in, in, in a career when somebody can see something in you and, and just try and push that farther than maybe sometimes even you are like realize you can go. Uh, Jennifer, take us through like one of the things you didn't mention um, in your career is that you, you know, you serve on Feeding America's Equity, Diversity and Inclusion Committee. Uh, can you share a little bit um, about some of the EDI advocacy work you do and, you know, maybe some of the leadership things you may have even learned through your work there? Oh, absolutely. It is uh, truly a, a privilege to sit on uh, the National uh, EDI Committee. I was selected to be a part of this committee as an inaugural member, and we had our first meeting in December of 2019. And we all know what happened just a, a couple of months, a few months later, uh, but we continued to engage as a committee, even through uh, the pandemic, the height of the pandemic and, and everything in between. But really, the work, um, the work shifted after the, the, the murder of George Floyd. And uh, if you think about equity, diversity and inclusion, especially in sort of a fundraising sort of under a fundraising lens, you know, you might, it, it, it's not necessarily race or, or, or that type of a, of a reflection. You might think of, you know, equity and access to food or uh, inclusivity amongst different sizes of food banks, because you have some food banks that are huge and you have some that are small. You have uh, states that have one food bank and you have other states that have 
you know, a hundred. And when I'm talking about uh, food banks, I'm talking about not a hundred. That's way too many. There's only 200 food banks in the Feeding America um, uh, network, but you get the point of there are, there's a lot of diversity amongst the Feeding America food banks. But this group, as well as Feeding America, really held firm in the sense that there wanted to be a focus on racial diversity and racial equity. And I was just so humbled by that because uh, that's hard. It's very, very hard. Uh, and it is a very, can be very, um, you know, much a, a touchy subject to folks. And uh, again, sort of the, wait a minute, we are food banks. Why are we talking about race? But uh, studies have shown that even within the food banking network, uh, people of color are uh, uh, more or less on the marginalized uh, uh, areas of that. And that the highest need are in communities of color, whether they are native communities or um, African-American communities that that live in food deserts, in center cities, uh, things of that nature. And uh, there was a uh, uh, an example that was given that just really resonated to me about starting with race. And it is a concept of curb cutouts. Now, you might look at me and say, Jennifer, why are you bringing up the concept of curb cutouts on this, you know, podcast? And But the, the concept of uh, curb cutouts. So when you're looking to ascend a curb, you have to take a step. And uh, there was an initiative, and I'm going to botch all the historical facts, but the gist of it is that uh, curb cutouts were intended for those that were traversing uh, curbs in wheelchairs. So it was an ADA uh, initiative. And uh, so this made it uh, a built, this, this, this curb cutouts made it uh, able for people in, in wheelchairs to um, move around within their communities. However, uh, myself with a stroller. Hey, I'm benefiting from curb cutouts. I'm not in a wheelchair. Uh, maybe someone who might have like a bum knee and it's hard to kind of take a step up. They benefited from curb cutouts. So the initial intent of the curb cutouts was for a singular population of those that are in wheelchairs, but the benefit far out outnumber just those that are in wheelchairs. And so starting with race, if we can make some inroads and make some progress in the racial divide and the racial uh, systemic issues that, that those that are um, uh, racial minorities, uh, other uh, populations of marginalized communities will only benefit from those uh, inroads that are made around race. So that just has stuck with me and really just impacted me. So that's kind of the the Feeding America. Uh, so they're looking at different ways of bringing uh, all 200 network uh, members up to uh, a place of of equity uh, around racial issues and and racial um, access, but then spilling into food access and looking at food justice and uh, looking at um, you know advocacy around <clears throat> excuse me uh, native lands and and those that are are disproportionately impacted. Uh, 
We also at Central Pennsylvania Food Bank have embarked upon a journey and have worked with uh, some really fantastic consultants to uh, really focus on knowledge and education. Uh, there is a lot of historical uh, laws and policies and regulations that just, you know, many of us might not even know about. And so really what we've been doing is focusing a lot on education and then building relationships. It's about building relationships. And I think, you know, when you boil it all down and you get to know people, there's more similarities than differences. And if we can kind of get through some of that, uh, we'll make a lot more progress. So uh, from the national level to the state level to the local level, it's really looking at building relationships and breaking down those walls and looking at how are we more similar rather than different. I, uh, Jennifer, I Thank you for for sharing both at the national level and then all the way down in the local level because I think it's important that that uh, that folks center themselves on the spectrum, right of of work that that happens. Uh, you were um, so kind to give up your time when we had a, a group of our clients together, of which you're one. Uh, you know, a couple months back, and and also. You were sharing about your experiences and 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 just the baseline um, work to define an area where you're going to lean in. And and I remember you saying one thing that has stuck with me, which was um, giving people grace. Just just the idea of giving people grace as uh, as they navigate moving towards that curb and, you know, how they're going to approach that, giving people grace, but still, still encouraging action that it's, you know, it's, hey, take a step, but like, I need you to think through what your step's going to be. And I think that's so impressive uh, that it's not, you know, even from the Feeding America Network or from the national level, it's not like a unilateral. Yes, there may be baselines that we're trying to work towards, but it's giving people grace in how they're thinking about it so that they can think about it. Oh, perfect. Yes. Giving people grace, also giving ourselves grace. You know, that we we also want to look at it from the perspective of, you know, we're not going to get it right all the time and we're not going to you know be able to you know solve all the the ills uh in you know a five-year strategic plan uh so uh, so looking at it from a perspective of definitely giving people grace and and doing our best to meet people where they are and in food banking especially you know we need to be uh aware and we need to be working towards, you know, the, the interest of, of those that we're serving and those that are facing hunger. Um, but also know that, you know, giving ourselves grace as an organization, as a network, as a feeding America, a nationwide organization. And just as people, my goodness, just as people giving each other grace, right? It's important. More is needed. Wow. I'm, I'm still just processing all of this. Uh, but yeah, how are you going to segue now, bud? I've got no segue. Is I've got nothing. So, but okay. I'll, I'll ask this. Uh, so, Jennifer, like, if you could describe leadership in one word, what would it be? Leadership in general, or my leadership style? Or... I'd say your leadership style. How about that? Your, yeah, your leadership oh. style. 
I, you know, I would say I'm a resilient leader, but I also am a, a visionary leader. You know, I, 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 I don't necessarily subscribe to the like, if it ain't broke, break it. But I also uh, don't subscribe to like, we just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, or we've always done it that way. So uh, I think visionary is the word that I would describe. I, I really like to think outside of the box. I like to think creatively. And I also think that there's, there's pretty much always a solution, you know, and I guess that's maybe that fundraising piece of like, it's never a no, it's a not now. Um, and it's kind of the same way. It's like, you know, maybe we're just not ready or we need to think differently, but, uh, I rather focus more on, on solutions and creativity and kind of what's that bigger picture and how we all sort of fit into it. So I guess that would be my word. Like it. Yeah. Thank you. you. Look, you, you carry both of those and it, and it's clear. I mean, Jennifer, we've known each other from, again, being in the room at, uh, at various client things for, for a handful of years. And, uh, and so, um, casting big ideas and, uh, and, you know, exploring, Hey, where could we go? That is something that, uh, that is, um, that's definitely your fastball. So, okay. What about this? Well, um, favorite Girl Scout cookie? Ooh, it's gotta be the thin mint. You know, it's, it's just so classic, classic for sure. Frozen or frozen or room temp? Uh, both depends on my mood, you know, sometimes. Yeah. Hey, you know what? We can go on this good vibe. I mean, we can do this. <laughs> I can bring that in anything. No, it, that kind of depends. I, I do enjoy a frozen thin mint. I think that that people don't know, not enough people know the deliciousness that is a frozen thin mint. So, you know, PSA, freeze your thin mints. Um, but also, you know, just the little melty where you get a little bit of the chocolate on your fingers so you can kind of have a little, you know, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I consume every and all Girl Scout cookie at any time. So, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm not aware of other cookies that uh, where it's common to freeze them. Like I, I really can't think of too many other cookies to where even if it's a, a you know, kind of a um, uh, off menu, uh, you know, thing that many people do. I can't. I I'm not putting Chips Ahoy in my freezer. I was just, just thinking a chocolate chip cookie frozen would just break your teeth. Yeah, Oreo wouldn't work. But you know, tag so tag along. By the way, is my uh, that's my favorite, and it's because you get that that chocolate left on the finger. That's that's a good part of tag along experience. Definitely my second. That's my second. And honestly, my brain immediately was like, ooh, you know, so. Which one? But it's got to be the classic Thin Mint for sure. Yeah. That's good. Call. That's a good I like call. a good Thin Mint too, but I think shortbreads might be my favorite. Those are uh -huh. love a good shortbread cookie. They're yeah. pretty good. Pretty darn good. Jennifer, we really appreciate you spending time with us and and sharing with us just a bit of your path and also how you think about leadership and uh, and so and I want to say also just just thank you for your partnership. With us, it's it's an honor for for our team to get to work alongside you and uh, to push each other on ways and approaches um, 
and give each other grace along the way. Everything that we've talked about in this, I think that uh, it, it's exemplified in the way that our team works together. And so we we appreciate you. We really do. Oh, well, the feeling is for sure mutual. I am definitely a fan and and um, it's I've learned a lot from the partnership. I did not have any experience in direct marketing, direct mail prior to uh, coming to the food bank. And so uh, RKD has been our vendor from the beginning. And so you've taught me a lot. And I, I just also appreciate the friendships and relationships that have come out. So thank you. It, is, it has been a pleasure to chat with you both this afternoon, reminiscing about cookies and all kinds of good stuff. But uh, thank you. Awesome. Thank you, ma'am. We'll, uh, we'll catch up again soon. Group Thinkers is a production of RKD Group. For more information, visit rkdgroup.com slash podcast. Special thanks to our production team, including the talented Ryan Mellinger for his work on mixing every episode. Also a shout out to the content team that helps pull together research and guests, but the marketing efforts behind Group Thinkers. Suzanne, Ronnie, and others for their work on this and every episode of Group Thinkers. 